when you get to open your mind to things and where you get to, it's kind of a way of kind of flushing out negativity and you're filling it with the things that you can fill them with, that whether it's memories of your childhood, whether it's remembering a fond time or a tough time and you actually found yourself handling it, problem solving the problem. It's something that is a part of you. Embrace that. That's okay because I guarantee you're probably going to utilize that same memory and the action, you're going to utilize it again. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kipway Cooper. I am so glad that you are here. How you doing today? For this episode of, of Empower You Podcast, I'm going to be interviewing a very, very dear friend of mine. She is absolutely incredible, and she just wrote a book called Martina Gets a New Home. And I really... I've known her for some years, and what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that if she puts her hand to anything, that it's going to be very, very special and very, very intentional. And so I wanted to give my friend an opportunity to share with us firsthand about this new book that she wrote. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my friend. So her name is Tina Gasnerez. She is a local Fort Wayne native. Um, She is a mother. She is a wife. She is an author. She's an actress. She's an orator. She's a historian. She's a school teacher. She has a rich understanding of human beings and working with so many people, having touched so many lives over the course of her time here in Fort Wayne and and an avid traveler uh, as well, which makes all of her interactions and her perspectives so incredibly unique. And I have just been incredibly thankful to have met her several years ago. Um, I've had the pleasure of working on several plays with her as well and um, done some different audio video projects. And when she told me she was writing a book, I just, I was elated because it's just absolutely right up her alley. The world needs to hear more of Tina Gassner-Rez. So you all are in for a treat. So let's get started. Tina, how are you? Hi, kid boy. What a wonderful introduction. I am doing (laughs) fine. I'm happy. It's been a great few months um, surrounding my book and getting it published. And I'm just really excited to be here to talk with you about that. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm sure it has been super, super exciting. I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. So um, the book is called Martina Gets a New Home. But before we dive into it, tell me a little bit about yourself um, and what kind of planted the seeds for this book. Mm. Well, um, I'm local 
girl, grew up in Fort Wayne, south side of Fort Wayne. Um, and I grew up with 11 brothers and sisters. And so for me, I grew up in my very own community. And that was something where you had to learn how to get along with a whole lot of people in your house, um, where imagination was the order of the day. I have, I always had my playmates in my house, so we could always play, find things to do, have a great time. And one thing that I really enjoyed about my childhood more than anything was the fact that I had parents, and my mom in particular, who really kind of gave us autonomy to move about the city in the neighborhood. We, that's how we used to get along with, we had friends down the street. We had it, it was just that old fashioned um, line that you hear, make sure you get home before the uh, street lights come up. Right. That was the pretty much the rule of our, of our neighborhood. So throughout summer and this way, I think we had these wonderful adventures, whether it was going to the park, playing softball, uh, kickball, um, just hide and seek, all of those types of things. So the creativity was always at play with us. And something that I noticed with my younger, with my siblings and I, was that we could tell stories like no one else could. We would actually, someone would take a, uh, a chance and they would take, we would take turns and we would tell just the funniest stories. And it was just so funny or the scary stories or something like that. And we could just make them come to life. So the, the, through that, that's who I am, right? And it's actually served me very well being able to have that um, creative spark. I've always had it. It helped me very, very well when I worked at, um, in education. And then it led me to theater work and, and working on that. And, and it just makes perfect sense for the kind of childhood and the upbringing that I had. And one of our my favorite places, and I always think my mom who was no longer here, she passed away. But one thing I always thanked her was one day, um, the library, the Pontiac Branch Library was right down the street, about two blocks from our house. And one thing our mom, my mom would say, you know, look at a book, read a book, look at it, read it up, look it up. She would always tell you to look it up. And she would actually send us, as we got to a certain age, she would send us down to the local library, go, go get a library card. And then you could start checking out all the books you want. And that was a big deal for a nine-year-old kid, you know, going up there and I walked up, she didn't go with us. I went in and it's just talk to the librarian. That's why to this day, I have a soft spot for libraries. I absolutely love them. And um, she helped me fill out the card and here's your library. And take good care of your books and all of that. And it was wonderful. It was a very um, wonderful time for me because what it did was the world was in my hand. That's how I saw it. That's how I saw books and how I responded to them. Uh, whether it was reading an encyclopedia, I can remember the day I actually found an encyclopedia about World War II. And that has actually led me to want to study. And I did eventually study um, World War II, Holocaust studies, just based on reading about Hitler in an old um, uh, encyclopedia. So books opened my world. I saw exotic places that I knew I'm going to visit this place someday. I'm going to visit this place. And it was all found in my local library. So that, that actually helped me to dream, dream big, right? Um, because sometimes what we do is we look at our current surroundings and then we immediately say, well, this is, this is the best I can do or this is all that I can do. But there's something about and transformative about opening a book and then seeing something, and then it just kind of ignites something in you that makes you want to 
um, branch out to explore, to really kind of step into this. So that was my childhood, really. It was really all big imagination, big creative energy. And we loved that. We used to put on skits in our house when we were younger and we would act like different characters. And it was just always something going on in the Lewis household. So that, um, it, where I am to this day, it, it makes perfect sense. It's, it's my, it's, I'm rooted in that. So, um, so that's how, what led me to where I am today, you know, because, and I'm okay with that. I'm a big believer in looking at your past, meaning you're using memory to be able to establish who you will eventually become. And sometimes that can be bad, sometimes it can be sad, but it can also be very joyful because you're taking those with you. I think about the little girl I was who was very quiet. I was a little, I was an extrovert, but that's because I actually had a speech impediment. Oh. And so for the longest time, you wouldn't know it. It's like, oh, I'm in theater, look at me, blah, blah, blah. But when I was younger, I had a major speech impediment and I had to work with a speech therapist from the time I was in kindergarten until about third grade, where I had to learn all of the different, how to say things properly and this sort of thing. So I'm sure my diction today is oh, yeah. heavily rooted in, as a very young child, having being identified, she has a speech impediment, we have to help her. And um, so I had the best um, speech therapist, again, community. I had a, a lot of help away um, to help me become the person I am today. So I, I give much thanks to those, my parents and to the teachers and the librarians and the people, the part of my community. And if we look around, I think we, each of us can say we have a community we have our own community, whether it's the neighbor that you say hello to every day as you're going in, or you help someone with their groceries every, when you see them walking in or something, it's or you're offering to pick up their groceries. Community, 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 yeah. right? That's that's something that's real important to me. And I, I think that it's um, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be the person who is just right next to you, but it can also be the person that you know you see someone who falls or they're having trouble getting in their into their car i've actually had experiences can i help you with that or can i just small simple easy and then you go away that person you don't see them ever again but here this wonderful little exchange of positivity and then there it is they're gone and then you go yeah. about your day they go about their day so it's wonderful so That's in my amazing. yeah yeah in my world this is pretty much where i where positivity lives and it doesn't mean, you have to understand, it doesn't mean that the bad times aren't there. It doesn't mean that the struggles are there. I've just, in my mind, I've had a way of being able to handle uh, grief, pain, hurt, in a way that gets me through it, where I can get right. through it. Some people have a difficult time with that. And I'm not at all saying, well, you should do it this way. No, it's just that very early on, I was made to have to right. deal with a lot of struggle at an early age. Something as simple as bullying, that sort of yeah. thing. I had to learn very early how to adapt and it, it served me very, very well. So I, I can take on what I need to, but I also understand it's a kind of a problem solving mode where solve the problem, let's get it worked out, let's get it sorted out. So it's um that's just one thing, but I guess I guess overall I, I've had a pretty pretty happy and satisfying life, but I always feel like there's more out there for me. Um, and I'm always looking for new challenges and new opportunities to really show 
um, show me, this is what I've always wanted to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. And then I'm doing it. It's so amazing. There's nothing more um, satisfying than having those moments. This is what exactly what I've always wanted to do. And that's what I do. That's what I do now. So it's, it's great. Yeah. That's amazing. I think for you, especially Tina, it's going to take bigger and bigger things to, to, to really keep you um, moving because you're so naturally good at a lot of things. Oh, thank it's, you so it's, much. It's kind of incredible. And so when you uh, came out with this book and when we talked about it, I was just elated and yeah. I just, I can't wait to hear more about it. I can't wait to go ahead and get my copy. Uh, I tried to pick one up earlier, y'all, but technology was not my friend. So I'm gonna try again a little bit later. But um, it, I just I just think it's really amazing. And I love seeing people who are, who have so much to give and have so much um, value and, and peace and, and positivity um, to share. I love seeing them find a platform that works for them and sharing it you know for me it was it was jumping on podcasts it was creating it all i couldn't i couldn't find what i wanted so i had to make it and so i think there's a lot of value in making um things your own and i think you know this is just incredible so i can't wait to hear about this book okay right on right on so wonderful martina gets a new home tell us about the title and really quick Tell us what should we be expecting from the book? Okay, I have a copy of the book and it is called Martina Gets a New Home. And it's about a girl, it, when you think about a new home, you, you think about it as the structure, right? Uh, the walls, the four walls, the rooftop and everything else. But what if it was metaphorical? Maybe we could use home as a metaphorical presence where home, means more, that it's more here than just the actual building. And one thing that I did when I started writing this, this book actually came out of um, grief, if you can believe that. I lost one of my my sisters um, last year, 2020, and it was uh, sudden, was not expected. And through the grieving process, when I talked about the sadness, the grief that we have, it's a human emotion and we have to go through it then I'm one that it, it has to wash over me. And then I have to process. As I began to come out of this grief, then typically there's something creative that is going about. That's what this book actually started for me in January. As I was, because as we were going through photos, my siblings and I were going through old photos, we were laughing, we were remembering, we were um, crying, all types of things, all in remembrance of our sister. Then I started dreaming and I noticed that my dreams were very, very vivid. I started dreaming about my childhood and the kind of childhood that I had where I started thinking about community. I, I was, it was these vivid dreams. So I started writing. I just started writing a story about this little girl who just, she's eight and it's so normal and understated that I think it's relatable across gender. It's relatable across um, age, even though the book is geared toward children eight to 12, what I call the magic years. Those are the magic years because typically children begin to formulate their own thoughts, what they think about things, how they're going to behave in a certain way because they understand consequences, they understand things. 
And I like the age of this young lady, of this little girl, simply because she's thinking about things. She's trying to solve problems and she has the benefit of having a community. She has, she's the middle child. She has a mom and a dad. She calls them mama and daddy. She has a brother named Ronnie and she has a little sister named Sierra. And this dynamic was purposely meant because I wanted people to understand too, it's just a slice of American life through the eyes of this little girl. I think sometimes what I'm doing here, and this is the purpose of the book, is to demystify what mm. Black family life looks like, right? Yes. We watch images, we watch the news, we see how we gather about what community is. We get them from some sources that don't really tell the true story of what life is really like. It can be as mundane as learning how to tie your shoe, and it can be as amazing as having all four of your grandparents and they celebrate you and you love them and you get to interact with them. I think what I'm trying to do here, and this was a story that I did not see anywhere out there, and it was just normal, normal, relatively normal. <laughs> and it's just, a, a, like, like I said, just a slice of American life in this little girl's life, but you would probably see if you were walking. And one day I was actually driving to work and it was early in the morning and I saw three little kids walking along the um, street and they were going to school and it looked like they were all siblings. And I remember it was just touched in my heart. And I said, you know what? I may get in trouble for this, but I don't care. I let down the window and I was in my car and I was parked to say, hey, Kids, have a fabulous day at school today. Work your tail off, do your best in school, okay? Go, 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 and all this. And they stopped and they looked. They all started waving and said, we will, we'll have a good day. And I said, oh, I had tears in my eyes because it reminded me, it was so mundane, but it reminded me of something like when I would have my brother, my sister and I, when we would walk to school together. And we were all talking about our day or whatever. And I just thought, I just felt what was overcome with emotion. I said, you know what? A police officer could have been in the back. He said, why are you talking to these kids? I said, oh, I'm just wishing them a happy day. Have a great day at school. That's all. I wasn't asking for anything. And, um, and they just went on their way. Bye, bye. And they just took off and ran. And I've never seen them since. But it was stories like that in my mind where it was just these little human interactions. And when I saw them, I, I was overcome with emotion. And that's the, the type of images, the imagery that you get from, um, from uh, Martina Gets a New Home. It's just as, it's a sweet story. I like this girl and I tell people, even though her name is Martina, that's not my name. My name is Tina, I'm Tina. But Martina is actually a variation of the word. It's like little Mary in, Spanish, in um, French. Oh. So my mother's name was Mary. So this is kind of a nod to my mother. Uh. Okay. And I just thought it was just so neat because my mom used to say that I was a lot like her where I was a tomboy. I climbed trees and my mom, she grew up on a farm. So we had a lot of um, uh, similarities. So this was my way of just giving her a little nod. She's no longer with us, but I thought she might appreciate knowing that this little spunky girl 
is um, uh, kind of named in honor of my mom. So that's that's where that comes from. And I just, I, I love the story. I love the way she, she interacts with people, her family, and also in her school, her friends, all of that community, bringing community. That's what the name of the game is here with this particular um, book. So I'm That's excited amazing. about it. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and I love the fact that it's a nod to your mom. There's this, for you all who do not see the book cover, there is a gorgeous picture of this little brown, gorgeous girl yeah. on the front of it. <laughs> and uh, her eyes are so like bright. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, I mean, no. you can't look at it and not smile. And then to yes. know that, you know, so I love the way that you married those two names because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if it's little Mary, then it's little Tina. You know? I think so. And, I, and it's I, interesting I because I, for the artwork, I worked with a graphic artist um, on the West Coast. Never met the gentleman, but he he knew my image and uh, meaning my um, uh, my picture for this girl, how I envisioned her, yeah. her hair. I used to actually wear my hair that way, but in no way was this me, right? Right. And already a few people have said, "Oh, Tina, she looks like you," and I said, "No, she doesn't look like me." And I keep <laughs> hearing that. Well, then I had my three-year-old granddaughter over the other day. And she walks over and the book is just sitting on the coffee table. She walks over and she says, Nana. I said, yes, sweetheart. She said, is that you? I said, oh my gosh, a three-year-old child <laughs> thinks this is her Nana. She thinks it's Nana. And I said, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe it is, <laughs> even though this is a work of fiction. But there is something there that you can't help but I think when you're writing. And this is something that I've been explaining as I, I wrote this story. I wrote it from Martina's perspective. But I'm learning something as this being my first book that you can't help when I read it and I read the final manuscript, I said, holy smokes, this sounds like me, but I know it's not me. So I don't know if it's this whole thing of, you know, ego and how you kind of, you can't help but put yourself in that place there. So it's go- if nothing else, I'm, when I tell my friends and family and, and different people to read the book, it's not my story, but yet, there are similarities. You're going to get a sense of who I am after reading this book. I, yeah. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. And I'm okay with that, even though I tried to remove myself from it, because it's not biographical. It's fiction. Right. But there's something that's very familiar about it. So I'm okay with it. I've accepted. Now that my little granddaughter said, yeah, <laughs> that's you. Then I said, I give up. That's it. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, there, there, maybe it is me. Maybe so. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. I just... Uh, I think the whole idea of community and problem solving and and learning to ask questions that really are important to you and and who to ask questions to and you know there's there's so much nuance to childhood that I think sometimes we we kind of skip over you know there's so many answers that little people absolutely deserve um, and we can't get frustrated with them because they don't understand or, or because they think differently. Or I just think it's very, very, I love the, the intention of normalizing healthy relationships from children to their parents, from parents to one another, um, because it can be done, but we have to give each other space to be, you know, yes. to be nuanced, to be unsure at times, to be adventurous, to be 
confused to be whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so modeling that with, with children, I think is just absolutely beautiful. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you about some takeaways from the book. And so, um, will you share with me, um, some moments in the book that you just find particularly beautiful because you know people are listening at their house or maybe they're at work (laughs) or cleaning the kitchen or doing something yes um and they're listening and they may be like you know that sounds like a cool book what's what's in the book i would love for you to give us just a couple of tina takeaways okay all right you got it well one thing i love about the book first of all is that it's filled with imagery and that's something because i seem to have this neck i seem to be able to take a picture of places i've been things i've seen a room a home um a venue whatever i always feel like i'm always taking uh photos in my mind and when i began to describe certain things in the book then you actually are going to be in that space i wanted as vivid for you the reader as it was for me as i was re- watch, reading it for the first time as i was imagining how it's looking you're going to get a clear sense of this and if you don't mind i'd like to can i read a passage for you oh, is absolutely. that okay Please okay do. okay um this is from chapter one the sky was bluer than normal the inviting sun was warmer than usual the children were more excited to talk to their friends as they walked home together a group of girls camera sabone and Alyssa loudly talked and laughed as they walked along the busy boulevard. The three black girls had an array of beautiful hairstyles. Each girl had her own distinctive appearance that gave them their unique personalities. Kimbra's black curled hair was styled in a short afro with a glittering blue headband. She had dark brown skin and she enjoyed wearing the brightest colored clothes that made her skin tone more radiant. Kimbra was the thoughtful one in the group. She liked to make handmade birthday cards and give them to her friends and teachers. She is the official birthday card maker in her family. She proudly created them um, without being reminded by her parents to do so. Her parents gave her a card making kit for Christmas last year, and she told them it was her best present ever. Kimbra plans to be an artist someday. Now, this is just one, but in your mind, in your mind's eye, you can really imagine what she would look like, right? And what's happening, even the sky looking up, and they don't notice that the sky is bluer than normal. They don't realize that. But as you're reading this, and you're going to become the observer, meaning the reader will become the observer. This book is geared toward children 8 to 12, but I'm telling people it crosses, a boy can read this book, a girl could read this book, a mom, a dad, um, even an aunt, uh, an adult could read this book and still it's going to come across as very relatable because it's going to put you in the mind of an eight-year-old little girl where you're going to see what she sees. You're going to imagine what she's imagining. And it has just these little moments like this where you get to, I get to describe what they look like. I want you, I didn't want in any way to take away from the fact of about what I was writing about, right? It's easy to say, oh, there's this little girl and she looks like this and that. 
but I wanted the reader to know exactly what these individuals look like. So there was no mistake so that you could get a clear image in your mind. I want you to use your imagination with me as the reader to be able to read about them, to see them and say, I got it. I see what she looks like. I can see it. And I think that that is what is going to help us to be able to better understand and to want to get to know who these people are. And I think it's just, I think it, it's moments like this, just in describing a wonderful little girl of what they look like. And if you don't mind, I would like to read about Martina. Would you like to know what she looks yes. like? <laughs> okay. Yes, I would love it. Martina was a slow, tall, slender girl with the darkest brown eyes to match her dark brown skin. Her thick black hair was styled in two French braids with yellow hair bows tied at the ends. Martina's father was a center when he played on the basketball uh, team in high school. Because he was so tall, he could block his opponent's basketball shots. He passed down his towering stature to Martina, who was taller than the other children in her third grade class, even the boys. Martina was intelligent, attentive, and mindful. Martina's favorite subjects in school were history and geography. She liked to read books about historical figures. Her favorites were Harriet Tubman, Abraham Lincoln, and Fred Frederick Douglass. She also loved music. Martina wanted to be a historian at a museum who played piano. She had started attending Westbrook Elementary when her family moved into their new home last winter. She had not made any friends. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. Oh, wow. So now you get a sense of what <laughs> Martina is about, who she That's is, amazing. and her interests. I, I like when you talk to children, you're, especially when you talk to young children, sometimes they almost don't want to share with you because they think almost like they're what they have to say doesn't matter. But exactly as you were mentioning, we have to validate our children more. Mm -hmm. We have to ask, what do you think about this? Sweetheart, what do you think about something? And then when you begin to get into the mind of a child, now they get to, they open up. Everything, even if it's nonsensical, whatever it is, it's their thoughts. And they, it should be validated in a way where, wow, you know, I never thought about that. What do you think about this? Or then they then ask a question, not necessarily as though I'm the one with all the answers, it's okay if I don't know something that I'll say, you know what, that's a good question. Let me think on that a bit, or let me look it up. I'm okay with being vulnerable with, with children because I think it helps them to understand that even as adults, we are still a work in progress. We're not perfection, but yet sometimes with some children, they feel, and this is unfortunate, where they it's almost as though they're expected to be seen and not heard. Oh yeah. And I, right? Where that you sit down, yeah. be quiet, don't talk to you, this sort of thing. But I think through books, what begins to happen, and this is a conversation starter. The book is actually meant to be a conversation starter. 
I actually have a letter to the parents that I have in the beginning of the book that I want parents to be able to really, before they give the book to the child, read the letter, read the letter. I want, this is a, a, letter, a love letter to parents because they are up against so much right now with technology and the internet and everything is out there. How do you get down to just the basics of just saying, you know what, let's read a book. And then you have a conversation about it. You talk about school, you talk about what's bothering them, you talk about what makes them happy. All of those types of things, it can, it can start from books. And I have personal knowledge of this because my own children, when my children were growing up, books were everything. We used to have these moments where each of the children would actually um, host reading time. So in one of their rooms, we would say, okay, tonight we're in this person's room, we're in this child's room. And then they would, okay, well, they're coming in with the book and I would have a chapter book and then I would read a chapter. And then I always afterward, like we would climb into the bed and we just, you know, in our chammies and this sort of thing. And <laughs> it, was, it was a decompression chamber. It was mm. relaxed. Every some of the one of my kids would always bring a pillow, his favorite pillow, mm -hmm. and they would just just relax. And I'm just reading, and it was more beneficial to me as the adult than it was for them because I had a long day. I was exhausted. I mean, just the the day, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. You think about, and at the end of the day, it's like I'm like reading or whatever. No, for me, I looked forward to it. I relished it because it was my time to be with these little individuals yeah. who were just, and they would just listen and just even sometimes even fall asleep. Yeah. And then at the end of the story, it always transitioned where I would say, and then the door opened and I closed the book. Mom, what happens to We'll have to find out tomorrow. <laughs> and it gave them something to think about. But I said, what do you think is going to happen? I think this is what's going to happen. And now they're starting to critically yeah. think and it was just those moments and my children are now um, in their 30s and my youngest is just about 30. And I think about those moments and with, with great fondness because they were the moments that I had them all collectively. They were here, my space. And we did this right on to when they were um, going into just about middle school where I did that just because I just enjoyed reading to them. I loved the re uh, reading to them. And it was wonderful. So those were that was a very magical time, and I enjoyed it so much. And I and this isn't uh, something that's so again. It's just one slice of American life. Yeah. And if we open our minds just a little bit more to the possibilities that you know what we're not some sort of a, a, a monolith where oh we all mm. think the same way we all have these same experiences. We have to get out of that. I think when you're engaged in community, then you begin to understand. We are not a monolith, whether you yeah. think of um, uh, racial groups, racial groups, or you think of uh, a neighborhood or you think of this. No, it's not. You walk in, ideas, pe different people, you engage with people. And it's made my life richer because of that, because of that risk, risk taking, being able to engage with the community in so many cool ways. So oh this is, goodness. yeah, this was just one, one, one little girl's life. And I just invite people to just get to know who Martina is. And, and um, I, I guarantee whether you're a young reader or you're an adult reader, you're gonna find something in this book that's gonna evoke something within you. Yeah. And it's meant to do that. So I'm actually communicating to the reader, but in a very nuanced way, yeah. right? Where it's, it's you know, where I'm not asking, have you ever felt this way? I'm not asking you. 
but I'm just presenting the scenario. And then you're going to use your memory and you're going to even think and chew on it a bit where you're going to, you know what? When I was a little kid, I remember. And that memory can be good. It can be sad. It can be bad. But what's going to happen? You're going to have to recall. And that's a good thing. I love that. I think that's where I find my peace. That's where I find my energy because I get to go back and I get to recall things and then I get to bring them to the forefront, to where I am yeah. today. And it helps center me. I always tell people I'm after peace and I always have to do the sign. I'm after peace. I want peace. <laughs> and I do that. And I'm not talking about in a kumbaya kind of a way, but I'm talking about peace here. Yeah. Right? When yeah. you get to open your mind to things and where you get to, it's kind of a way of kind of flushing out negativity and you're filling it with the things that you can fill them with, that whether it's mm. memories of your childhood, whether it's remembering a fond time or a tough time and you actually found yourself handling it, problem solving the problem. How did you go about doing that? It's something that is a part of you. Embrace that. That's okay because I guarantee you're probably going to utilize that same memory and the action, you're going to utilize it again. And that's yeah. a good thing. That's a very good thing. Oh, yeah. Did you ever have any um, any reservations creating this, this book? Did you ever have any doubts about putting this together? What were some of your thoughts as you continue to um, create this? Like, I don't know, for myself, when I'm doing things, it's a whole... I mean, I got to continue to stay on top of myself because mm -hmm. I know I will back down at some yeah. point if I'm not careful. And so I have to continue to be an advocate for myself and drag myself out of the corner again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And um, to create such a, a, a piece of work the way that you have. Um, I just, it makes me, I mean, you must be a very, very brave person because, you know, I, to speak so candidly and then, and, and to really create an experience for especially young people and, 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 you know, little people need advocates. Yes. Yes. And they're just, they just don't have, I don't feel like as many as they need. And there's a lot of old school parenting that's happening, which, you know, I don't want to knock anybody, but I just, I think we, there's, there needs to be a different approach to how we talk to these children and how we deal with them. And they're different kinds of humans, yes. you know? And so, yes. um, in, in creating this, you know, what were some of the, the things that you, um, had to talk to yourself about or talk yourself out of or talk yourself into mm. what were some of the struggles did you have like a, a reading party where you like went over the manuscript with a couple of people <laughs> and, and kind of you know figured what? it out <laughs> the story I felt was all my own and I worked on it I actually worked with a really phenomenal writing coach and I thought that was my first course of action the same way with you it's easy for me to just get complacent and then it's like oh, I'll just kind of I'll, I'll deal with it five years down the road. But having an accountability uh, partner, this helped me to really stay on track with my story and this sort of thing. And when I started working with, um, this was a, a writing coach that I actually found on Twitter of all places, where I started interacting with her on political topics and we were having these conversations and deeper conversations. And then she mentioned, oh, well, this is what I do and all this, had no, she had no idea I was, gonna, I was thinking about writing a book. And then I read her 
um, biography. She wrote her memoir. And I was so blown away by it. I said, um, I see that you're a writing coach. I'd like to hire you because I need accountability. I need someone to walk me through this because I've never done anything like this. Right. And I and I want to do this. And she said, okay. And she's really straightforward. Her name is Felicia. And she was phenomenal with this whole process. And after I gave her the first few chapters, I said, here it is. And it's hard because this is me. This is Tina writing. Mm -hmm. And someone's going to critique it. Someone's going to judge it in my mind, right? Yeah. And it's like, there it is. Tell me what you think. We had a, we have a weekly meeting and she actually came up. She says, I want to know more about Martina. What is she going to do next? I want to know about her. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding? She says, Tina, please keep writing, please. I want to know how this story ends. And I said, okay. And That's she, awesome. um, and it was really, really helpful. So having that accountability, um, because I had no idea how to work through this process. And I was very careful I, to look for someone who was a self-published author because I could take this book, yeah, and I could send it to publishing houses, the big guys, the big guns. But then what? how would they change the story, right? I wanted it to be exactly as it's written. And I didn't want it to be fussed with to the point where, well, we might not want to take this out, or we might want to add this, or why don't you do this? Because it's someone else's perception of how what? How they view American Black life. I didn't mm. want that. I wanted to say no. This is the book. This is the way it was supposed to be written. And so I is. said, I'll do it myself. Yeah. So I did go ahead and do it myself. And it has been a, a wonderful experience. And as part of this, I'm selling the book on my website, tinagestnars.com. And I just go in, buy the book. And we're. this is a self-published book. And it's been amazing. So my son-in-law helped me set up the website because I, I said, I have no idea. Help me through this. And he was amazing. So, um, so I was able to get this book up. So it's, it's, I, it's definitely a labor of love. So it's been maybe from start to finish from January, I started this process and July is when the final manuscript was approved and printed and here we go. So yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so inspiring. And I, oh. and I think another thing you said that what was really important to me was the, that you said you wanted to make sure that um, your book stayed pure, you know, and it stayed true to the perspective of of, of normalizing healthy uh, communications and relationships in black families. And um, I think that's so important because, you know, for those of you who are listening, um, it is a struggle sometimes to get positive narratives of healthy family dynamics across via you know television or or movie or you know it and it it's it's very interesting the relationship that the media has with the broken black family mm -hmm. and so you know not to get too heavy but it's just it's really important that we normalize the other aspects of black family too. It's not all what you think it is. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not all that, you know, is portrayed on, on, on TV shows and stuff. Like sometimes you look at things, you're like, wow, whose family yeah. is that? Yeah. Like they, who did they find to write this? Like, you know, like, right. wow. 
And I just think it's really incredible that, you know, not only is the book a labor of love, but the integrity intention behind the book is is also so so very important because you know let's be honest like you could write anything that um satisfies certain stereotypes and people would be like oh my god tina that was so amazing mm-hmm. I, oh, you know and it's just like i mean there's nothing wrong with stories that are impactful in that way but I think it's great that you decided and, and and stayed true to your desire to not do that. Yes. Um, because yes. kids need that too. It ain't all roses, but it's not all, you know, gunshot wounds either. You know, right. like right. It, it can be both. It can mm-hmm. be both, you know, challenging and really incredible. And so um, I, yes. I, I love that. If yes. if the for those who are who are who are really at this point, they're you're definitely gonna buy the book. Um, you said that's <laughs> tinagasnearest.com, right? I'm pretty that's sure I heard correct. you say that. Yes. Tinagasnearest.com. That's okay. it. Um, what's what's the the main thing you want people to walk away from? If you could choose what people took from the book, um, if you could tell them one thing about the book, what 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 do you want their what do you want them to know? You're not alone. You're not alone. Um, there is a community around each of us if we just take the risk and engage in it. And that's something that I think the book really showcases a lot of those points, the positive parent um, interactions that they have with their children. I like them. I put them pretty much on this really cool um, elevated status because they're wise people. They've lived a few years, right? They have these children and they are actually sharing their wisdom, helping their children navigate this thing called life. Martina's only eight years old. So for her, she doesn't know how things work, how, what, why is this? She has her questions. And how comforting it is to be able to see her relate to her parents who are right there answering the questions talking with her, making her feel, do you understand? They want her to understand, not just, oh, give her a canned answer and off you go. But the community, whether it's at school, the different people she interacts with at school, that's community. The different people that she maybe goes to church with because it's mentioned in the book, that's community. And that's a good thing, right? Right, So we wanna make sure that we're understanding what community is and that we're showcasing that community is us. Community is us. Mm. Community is the connectedness of us. Um, whether you just something as simple as, you know, being kind and saying a kind word, um, nodding to someone, though that's the kind of life I had when I was a kid, you know, the neighbor across the street. And I have vivid memories of um, a gentleman who lived across the street. And I was my earliest memory is when I was four years old and I was playing on our sidewalk with my brother. And I remember my dad would go across the street and he would go up these stairs and it looked like it took forever. I can still see him walking up the stairs to the porch where this gentleman used to sit there and he was a dark skinned black man. He had a bald head. And I thought even as a four year old, I thought what a beautiful man. One thing I always remember about him, he smoked a pipe and the aroma would wave out onto across the street. 
Oh, wow. Now, you're thinking to yourself, how do you remember that? I, I My photographic memory is such that I do remember it so vividly. <laughs> and do you know, to this day, I when I smell a pipe, which isn't often, but when I smell someone smoking a pipe, I immediately, it takes me back to being that little girl because I remember my dad would be sitting on the front porch and they would just talk and, and to whatever it was, I had no idea. But I would wave, daddy, daddy, and I'm waving to him and he just would wave and yeah, I see you over there. But I just thought it was the coolest thing. But looking at those stairs going up there, that it's actually, there's a nod in the book having to do with that as well. When, oh, really? you, when we describe the house. Um, so keep a watch for that, um, because that's kind of a nod to Mr. Bollinger that I just thought he was a beautiful man because he just seemed even then a regal man. And why a four-year-old would even remember that? I have no idea, but it impacts me enough that I can smell a pipe, the aroma, and I immediately look and I'm just taken back, back to when I was four years old. So it's, it's I love memory. I love using memory to tell stories. That's one thing with this whole book project. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed it. It's been a nice, wonderful spot for me. I could put in my work day at the university where I work, and then my my writing time is nighttime. And I just yeah. seem to be able to spark with imagination. I turn on little uh, instrumental jazz and I'm off and running. I just feel like it just, it's just, it just pours out of me. I enjoy it because it's storytelling. It's storytelling, yeah. telling story telling a story. How how novel of an idea is that? But yet, it's impactful. You know, you'll close the book and you will feel, I feel like I, I, I know this family. I know this little girl. I want to know what more will be happening with her. What's happened? You know, and it's just a sweet story. It has so many really cool elements to it that I've enjoyed writing about. And I can't wait for everyone to, to read it, you know? Oh my goodness. I'm like excited about this book. It sounds it's like palpable. It's it's yes. It's really cool. Oh my goodness. I, I'm excited about it. I really am. I really am excited about it. Do you have any um any other nuggets you want to share with us from the book before we go into our thought exercise? Because oh, sure. we have to do a thought exercise. Okay, you got it. Well, would you like me to read another passage? Would that be sure, helpful? that would okay. be amazing. Okay. Um, here's one. This uh, chapter is actually titled Hairstyle Day. Um, <laughs> Please bring me your basket of hair ribbons and come to the family room so I can style your hair for school tomorrow, Mama responded. Martina rushed upstairs to her room and grabbed her basket. As she went down the stairs, she walked past Sierra was going upstairs to put her basket in the room. I like your hair, Sierra, Martina said as she walked by. I told mama to make my hairstyle like yours when you had picture day at school, said Sierra. Ask mama to make your hair like mine, Martina. We can look alike, said Sierra. I'll see what mama says, Sierra, Martina smiled. Hairstyle, hair day was Martina's favorite time with mama because she could talk to her about whatever she wanted as she slowly brushed and styled her hair. On this hair day, Martina asked Mama about the pyramids of Egypt. Martina first heard about them in class and they were fascinating to her. Mama, my teacher, Mrs. Kennedy, said the pyramids were built a long time ago and they are still standing. Your teacher is correct, replied Mama. Mama, do you know where the oldest buildings are in this country? Martina asked. 
Hmm, let me think as Mama continued to brush Martina's thick hair. Oh yes, I know. In Arizona, there are old buildings that were built many, many years ago. They're still standing today. Native, American, uh, Native Americans lived in the area longer than any of us, and they built some of the most beautiful buildings, Mama explained. Can we see the buildings, Mama? asked Martina. Well, I'm not sure, sweetheart. Why are you asking so many questions? Martina looked up and said, Mama, sometimes I just wonder about things. Why are things the way they are? Ah, you have what my mother used to call a curious mind, said Mama, smiling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. This is incredible. I feel so much joy right now. When you talked about <laughs> hair day. Now, you know I have five sisters. Yes. Yes, I do. So, you know, you're bringing back all the memories of mm -hmm. my sisters doing each other's hair and my mom. And yes. we'd watch movies and get food. I mean, I didn't get anything. We just hung out. <laughs> like, you know, me and my brother would just do our own thing. But yeah. it was the communion that they all had with each other. And that they had with us, too, you know, mm -hmm. um, because we would fetch things for them and do sure. different things as well. You know, but it was just... You can't, you can't bottle those. You can't, no. they're just incredible moments. And so to hear you talking about them passing each other on the stairs, like mm -hmm. I'm seeing all of this in my head right now. Yes, um, yes. And, and I will tell you this, you also, it, it sparked a memory. You're, um, this is a story about a little girl and you are an adult male and it immediately you were transformed back to you could see it as clear as a bell absolutely using your memory that's what the book is meant to do to really spark that memory in you and you could see it you, yeah. like you said five sisters you just know it was an event yes when it was time to do hair day i grew yes. up with five sisters it was a big deal everybody knew one after the other yep. my mom yep. that's what they did <laughs> watched put the hair grease in your hair, taking care, and that was what we did, and we were done. Okay, go get your sister. I was always the one who was last, because it's like, I, for me, it was like, I said, I don't want, no, I'm having too much fun outside. Tina, get in the house so I can do your yep. hair. Yeah, That was a big deal. So the, I, I, and I noticed immediately, even with no prompting, you just immediately share. Oh yeah. I remember, and see, that's storytelling. You're sharing a story, Kibway. Yeah. You're sharing a yeah. story. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> oh my goodness. Y'all, y'all gotta get this book, man. Like, if you are sitting here listening to this right now and you are not beaming, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because I've had a hard time stopping from smiling because it just does bring back so many incredibly warm and, and, pure emotions and feelings and memories you know and even memories about my mom who's deceased yes. Yes. and the and the and the the aura that she had and the energy that she infused into everything that she did as well mm -hmm. you know the way she you were just answering those questions um you know i just think that's uh, this is incredible wow <laughs> well thank you very much wow oh, <laughs> it's a goodness. very i will say this it's a very deliberate book yeah. It's a very deliberate book. I'm I'm communicating with the reader because I I'm trying to I'm communicating with you. 
I'm not just saying, here's my story. Okay, thank you, bye. But I mean, you're gonna walk away from this and you're gonna find yourself thinking, remembering, and sharing. And hopefully it gives you some peace um, in that where you're gonna think about maybe your childhood or you're gonna think about, I remember, like for you, you're thinking of your mom, you know? Yeah. And uh, and it, it just, just pulls you in in that way. I love when a story can do that for me when you begin to kind of reflect on self because that's what you were just doing with us just now, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sharing the background of this and I'm sh just giving you just little bits of the book, but yet immediately it's like, I'm transformed. I've just gone back to my childhood. You know, how does that happen? Well, because it's meant to spark. It's meant to evoke memory and to, to open up to sharing. And I love the idea of reflection because I think what it does when you're in your own head and you get to really center yourself by thinking about your world and your the world and your place in it. Where do I fit in? How am I an active member in this world? What do I do? What do I do? How do I contribute? Right. What do I contribute? What do I do? Then it helps you to really kind of think about it a little more deeply and possibly say, you know what? can do something. Look at what you're doing with Empower Me with this podcast. And you communicate with people, you get to let you give people a platform to share. And I love that. I love that that's what you get to do. That's your passion. Absolutely. And that's your, that's your place in this world. This is in this great big world. And look what you get to do. So if we're going to do anything um, with our future and how we go about it, don't be afraid. I think it more than anything, the risk it was definitely worth it. And I think I've always, because I'm number eight out of the 12 kids, um, mm. I was the one who was the one that would go off the ranch, if you will, and yeah. get into all sorts of things because it wasn't that my parents necessarily, it just felt like they were more focused on the older kids. And we just had to kind of navigate and find our way, which by the way, was a po very positive thing because I had autonomy. I could move about, you know, kind of like that airline where they say you're free to move about the country. That was me. I was that person who would move about. I'd go to this person's house, go see a friend. We'd go walk, let's go to the store. And we were just moving about. We were fine, riding our bikes. And it was just an amazing time for me as a kid because it helped establish the person that I am today where I don't have the necessary constraints that some people that prevent them, it, it prohibits them from really showing their freedom, their free self. So they hold themselves back and then they're never really, they really never are fully able to um, see what they could be, right? Because right. they hold themselves back instead of saying, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. Let me see if I do X, Y, and Z and just step into it with gusto. Not even the, the fear for me is never the fear, but it's more excitement. That's something that has always helped me. It's the drive that I, I get from doing new things, doing a new play, learning a new skill at work. Everything to me, it's always very, very exciting. So I don't have the constraints of fear, of self-doubt. I'm going to work on this because I can already see it at the end that if I do this, this is the, what the finished product is gonna look. And I kid you not, this book is exactly as I envisioned it. I'm telling you now, right down to the house, I'll tell you that the neighborhood is actually one that is near and dear to me. 
Um, for the cover art, it was very deliberate. I drove through the old neighborhood where my husband and I uh, brought home our first son in our first home in 1987. Oh, and wow. we actually I was on that street. So the trees and the grass and the yard is actually taken from a house that used to was situated right across the street from our home. And I loved, always loved how lush it was. And it's right here in Fort Wayne. And the Tudor home that you see in the photo, then it's one that I actually was able to locate. And there are lots of Tudor homes in Fort Wayne. So um, it was really, like I said, when I tell you that every, every bit of this page was well thought out, I'm not kidding. It really, oh, it wow. really was. So I really wanted to really person. I said, if I'm going to go, we're going all in. We're going That's all right. in. So it was wonderful. That's incredible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, you have completely brightened my day. I felt so anxious prior to this interview. Oh. <laughs> um, I just, I tend to take on too many things and I'm also not a quitter. And so once I say I'm going to do it, I gotta do it and I yes. might kill myself to do it but it's yes. gonna get done yes sir and um, <laughs> sometimes that can cause a bit of anxiety but you have completely cured me uh, just in this, in this interview and, and bringing back all those memories that I don't remember having anxiety in that I just mm -hmm. could completely be present in so thank you yes. so much if that's those are just three segments of the book that she shared with us y'all I mean, imagine what sitting down with this book for several days will do for you. Mm -hmm. Will do for your children. Will do for you know your your own little family time. Mm -hmm. I really encourage you to go and pick up this book. So, Tina, before we end this interview, um, we like to do a thought exercise. We like to do a mindfulness exercise that allows us to see a clear path on how to achieve maybe the peace you know that you've been talking about or or the or the embody the space that this book uh will, will bring you to will invoke in you and so if you could give us just a little thought exercise um I think it would be amazing. And, and and I'll let you go and I won't continue to bug you with questions. Um, but I just think it would be it would be really great. Do you mind giving us, us a thought exercise? Oh, sure. You got awesome. it. Okay. One thing that I am all about is community. And this is actually from my childhood. And when I think of community, not in a city sense, community, I'm talking about where you're connected to humanity. Connected to community equals humanity. When you have these moments when you get to engage with someone else who maybe is outside your normal circle and you have this positive engagement, even if it's a vendor at a local farmer's market and you have this little moment where you have a common goal. I want to do this. How do you do this? And you just, they talk about a recipe using some of the produce they have there. To me, that's community. That's connected to humanity. The food you're buying from them was grown by their own hands. And yet you're taking it, you're buying it, you're taking it home, and you're gonna feed your family. Humanity, community. And to me, I think they go hand in hand because I think what happens when we are able to see the humanity in each other, then we begin, that, tell, that changes the story. That changes the story. When we spend so much time in technology, 
it's hard. It's not nuanced. It, it's it, it's not easy to read. It's not easy to get the vibe, even whether through a smile, a smirk, a sadness, however you go about it. Nothing can give you that except interacting with humans, other humans. And that's something that I pride myself wherever I travel. I make it a point of lo going local. I love local businesses because I think those owners, those business owners, they are the true ambassadors of a city. They know where everything, they can tell you the history, they can tell you to get the best meal, whatever. And I love being able, and they're always happy to share. And that's something that we have right here in our Fort Wayne community and people will just take the risk. I've never been to that side of town, but what's there? I think I'm gonna try it. I've never been, but I'm gonna go. And next thing you know, you're in this space that I've never been here, but there are people here. There's the owners or there's the business people or whatever, wherever you happen to be. And then you find yourself centered because you're feeling the humanity. You're feeling and you're touching humanity. And that can be done on, it, it, it's just so rapid when it happens. Don't make it into such a big production. Oh, I'm doing this and this is where I'm going. No, it could be as simple as, you know, the person who bags your groceries. Hey, I appreciate you doing that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And you have that moment and off you go with your groceries. You put them yeah. away. But you have these little moments, these brushes of humanity through community. So if you want to really get a feel, and sometimes I think, and I've talked to a lot of people in the past year who have really had a hard time with the pandemic and everything else that's going on. But one thing for me has been just transformative is just connecting to humanity. I have to know that the, the humanity is still there. And it was something as simple, I know throughout the pandemic where I am inspired to cook. I'm gonna cook, I wanna cook a meal and then I give it out food. That's what I do. That's to me, that's a, a humanity, that's a humanitarian effort. It's I'm touching humanity. Yeah. I'm touching humanity, even through food. Right. Or baking a pie or baking bread and giving it to someone who you think would really appreciate it. Yeah. That's you doing that. Yeah. What did it cost you? You know, how much of your time did it take? I like the idea because when you are just by you communicating to the person who's bagging your groceries, hey, I appreciate that. You did a great job. Thanks so much. You had to think about what you were going to say, and then you said it. So you thought about that individual. If you observed them and you saw them putting all the groceries and they knew just to put the eggs in the dairy or the meat all in one bag, not everybody gets it right. But when they do, I have to tell them, hey, good job. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We're double bag for you without you telling them. That nice gesture of just being human, who, does that make their day? It might, you know, it might. But I know I like being able to say it. I don't just, yeah. okay, yeah, that's your job. You're supposed to do it. No, you say it, you compliment. By doing something kind for others, that's how I get by. That's my bread and butter, really. And I love it. I absolutely love it because I have seen whether it's little kid 
with his mom and they're waving to me. I've had those, I don't know if they just know I'm somebody's Nana, but they'll wave to me and the mother, oh, she's waving to you. Well, hi there, sweetheart. I'm talking to him. It's humanity. I'm never going to see that little sweet baby again, but yet they're waving to me. How can I not? How can I not engage with humanity, even in a a little, you know, nine or 10 month old baby. And that does take bravery too. Mm -hmm. It does take bravery to get out of your rut to get out of your routine to try something new to expose yourself to criticism yes. expose yourself to an environment where maybe standards are different you know maybe mm. you gotta level up to be around these people maybe it'll challenge the way that you think about yourself you know it, it's it's really and i told you i will i will literally think myself into a corner and i have to be very very mindful of it because I can come up with excuses for days why I shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it comes from, you know, from either scarcity or um, adverse experiences or just anxiety as a whole. And so um, the bravery that you're talking about, that you're speaking about, and that is always so abundant in children because they just don't know to fear. Mm-hmm. A more time they learn fear but yeah. off the cuff they don't know to fear anything that's right that's right you know and so mm-hmm. that's that's a really great thought exercise to 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 risk you know being seen to risk putting yourself in a, in a vulnerable state for the good of humanity for yes. the connection of being the good of being just connected yes yes Yes. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. I like that. Well stated. I love that. <laughs> Tina, again, uh, y'all, I'm telling you, not only is Tina an incredible writer and, and as you can tell, just uh, an amazing person, but she's a really gifted uh, actress as well. So her storytelling ability is just incredible on screen, on paper in conversation i mean you all heard it like i don't know about y'all but i'm completely (laughs) sold on this book well thank you thank you very much yes absolutely tell us again how we can connect with you tina how they can follow the book um and where they can pick it up and buy it for themselves for their children holidays are coming up yes um how can we get a hold of it oh sure the, you can find the book for sale at um, T-I-N-A-G-A-S-N-A-R-E-Z.com. And that's my website. And it's actually a work in progress because the books can, you can actually buy the ebook or the hard copy. And the ebook is downloadable. So you just buy it and off you go on your tablet. Um, and uh, you can also order the uh, hard copy. Makes a great gift, especially back to school. Why not? That'd be awesome. So um, the book is on this website. I'm actually eventually going to start adding a few blogs, a few things that are kind of meaningful to me. So the website is, it's barely there now. You can buy the book, but pretty soon I'm going to start populating it with um, just some blogs, some, I, some things I have in my mind, some things I want to say, and I, um, and I look forward to it. So just go right in. It's super simple to go ahead and purchase the book and uh, we'll get you the copy and, and then you can pass them around and hopefully buy more and just enjoy 
this wonderful story about a little girl named Martina. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so, so much for my being pleasure. here, for taking some time. Um, you know, stories like this, projects like Martina Gets a New Home, this is this is the reason that I went into podcasting. I struggled with access as a child, um, and I don't want that to be the case for other people. There are so many people who are absolutely living lives and doing things that will excite you, but you gotta be able to find them and you gotta access it. And so my goal is to document as much of it as possible to help you get from one stage to the next um, so that other people don't have to feel as stuck as I did when I was a kid. Mm, and so nice. um, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and sharing a little bit of of, of what you've been making. Oh, it's <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for having me. And it was a pleasure talking with you again. Give way. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. OK, y'all, you got your homework. Be brave and try some new environments. OK, just for the sake of being connected, for the sake of being <laughs> human okay yes. and then the other thing you need to do really quickly is to go ahead and buy your book that's tinagasnerez.com all of this information will be in the show notes and i want y'all to go ahead and, and and pick up this book and let me know what you think of it i'm gonna buy it and mm -hmm. i'm definitely you're gonna hear more about it because oh my goodness i need more of that I really, yes. really do. And so uh, thank you so much to everybody listening. Thank y'all for hanging in there. Thank y'all for being listeners and, and for, for subscribing to Empower You Podcast. Please leave a rating, a review, and share with those people who you care about. I always say you ain't got to share with everybody. Share with somebody who you think really cares. Um, and uh, it will continue to, to feed us all. So thank y'all for listening. I will talk to y'all super soon in another episode but until then peace empower you podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners we discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic cultural and societal perspective we believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.